This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Happy Tuesday, boys and girls. Welcome in to the latest edition of the book. My name is Matt Peralt, alongside Dave Sherapan with you for the next hour plus breaking down. We've got two games on a Tuesday <laughs> to get into, Dave. What is this? What a weird day. How are you? Good to see you. Uh, you as well. Uh, yeah, it's strange to to be talking about on Tuesday. Usually we're kind of recapping what happened Monday night, which we might or might not do because we got these two games Tuesday and then we got another cancellation in the hockey. They were just trying to get the games in today and just get through Christmas and then hopefully figure it out. And I just saw it right now. The Flyers in, in uh, Washington is postponed. So maybe we'll have Tampa playing Vegas tonight here. Most I likely. Was, I, I thought they already canceled it. No, it's still on a board. It's still available. Okay. Like but I'm with you. If I was to bet it, um, you know, we do bet it or book it. I would bet that it's not going to happen. I would bet the no. It just feels like it's, it, it, are we at the point now where we're just like, just done with it right now and just kind of well, move I forward? Mean, as of tomorrow, they're done. I mean, right. once they get to the 22nd, they're done for the 22nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That's done. And so they may come back the 26th. There's no guarantee they're coming back the 26th. We think they are. And then if not 26th, 27th, I mean, they're going to have to go through. I mean, Calgary, their team is decimated. They played the Boston Bruins, and the Bruins team is now decimated with, with COVID. And what's really odd about this latest conversation with COVID is that if you remember going back to the bubble, the NHL claimed that transmission of the virus didn't happen on the ice. It was always happening in the locker room. But there might be some evidence to refute that that guys who are sick on the ice are getting opponent teams sick and they're taking that virus from one team to the next and it's going and that's how it's jumping to locker room to locker room. And if that's the case, the NHL has got a problem. If that's I mean, case. like you got a daughter, I got three daughters. Everyone that listens to the show that has kids knows that the way this stuff spreads and, and I'm not a scientist by no means, but like if, Someone is sick in the house, like it kind of tons runs its course. Like somebody gets it, somebody gets it, somebody gets it, and then it's done. Like yeah. you're hitting guys and physically playing the sport. It's gotta, it's gotta spread. I mean, like again, you can say what you want. It's just the locker rooms. Come on. I mean, it's going on. It's it's happening in all sports, is it not? I think so, but they're concerned, obviously, about if there's transmission on the ice that would change things like that would cause the NHL to have to really be concerned about anyone who's sick, anyone who is, you know, really for football too, because 
every sport's watching how the NHL and the NBA is dealing with this right now. The NBA is having their own issues. The NFL is having their own issues. But like, how do we go through this? Because we're being told that like at least last year on field transmission wasn't happening in football, wasn't happening in hockey. And maybe that's the other variant. And maybe this Omicron variant will transmit during playing time. And that creates a whole nother conversation about what the actual stoppages will be due to COVID and how do we get through it? And how do we, I'm with you. We talked about this yesterday. I think the leagues are trying to get, at least the NBA is trying to get to Christmas, get those Christmas games done, get the revenue off those TV games, and then try to figure out what happens next and maybe go through a pause at some point. Or I don't know. The one thing I'm happy that we haven't heard any league discuss is going to a neutral site for the postseason. We haven't heard that rumor. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that's going to work again. I mean, we tried it. We did it. We got through it. But if we don't have to, obviously, I don't think anybody really wants that. I know, you know, betters don't, fans don't, teams don't, the players for sure don't. I mean, it's – and again, my question always comes back to this right now is I don't want to compromise – the integrity of the game, like the product, like let's make sure that the product is everything that we want it to be. Now we may get bad games. I mean, like look at that Monday night game last night, the last three, the last Ooh. three games we've had in prime time have been horrific. Now the, the, the game for the bucks and the saints that was already scheduled. That just, that, 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 that game would have been horrible anyway, but the, that was a great defensive performance though. Yeah, like, right. Was it I mean, not that, like that? that game would have happened that way, regardless of COVID. That would have happened yeah. that way. But yesterday, Ooh. oh my, Ooh. those games yesterday were really hard to watch. Tough watches, yeah. right? Tough, like tough hard to, to watch. watch the games. And and you, lo- I mean, I love to watch games. I love watching sports. And I was sitting there going, I I can't watch this. I I, I don't want to. I want to. I want to go watch a movie with the kids. I don't. Yeah. I. I I'm not enjoying what I'm seeing. No, I, I'm with you. So let's get let's get to that. The Raiders win their seventh game of the season. So I get my over six Damn, and a half bet from, the, from this summer. So that was my favorite bet of the summer to come in. The Raiders get to seven. They get a last second kick. Carlson boots it through not once but twice to get this 16-14 victory. The Raiders come through depending on the the number you got. But there were people that Dave that cashed two tickets on that game because of where that number fell because the Raiders plus three covered. But if you also came back and had the Raiders at money line or the Raiders minus one, you could have gone on both on that. So any feel uh-huh. for how that went for the books? Is that, a, is that a good thing or a bad thing of the dog one yesterday? Terrible for the books. I, I, I was, I was on that thing with Allen at win and they asked him what he needed. And he goes a blowout either way, any either team to win by more than 10 points. Like okay. 10 or more. We just needed to not fall in the middle. And <laughs> it fell perfectly in the middle. It was just like yep. it was whether it was going to end 14. I think the 14-13, had he missed that extra point, would have been better. They could have wow. used Cleveland to win um, because the dog bets on the big plus six, when the Raiders were plus six, the money line dog bets were bigger. You know, they mm-hmm. paid more. So yep. they had more exposure on the Raiders winning the game outright. And again, they won. I mean, they're still alive. They're in the hunt. They got seven wins. It feels like everybody has seven wins. It's crazy, this AFC playoff picture. Both both conferences. Um, but, yeah, that wasn't a good game. I mean, it was a dead under. It was a 
boring game. It never was close to going over. The in-game total got down to 29 and a half um, during the game, and it finishes 30 with that extra point. So it's amazing. So here we are with the AFC West. KC 10 and 4, Chargers 8 and 6. Raiders seven and seven Broncos seven and seven. And when you expand it out from a playoff perspective, <laughs> Raiders are 10th right now. Yeah. They are right behind the Steelers who are seven, six and one. The Ravens are eight and six. The bills are eight and six. The Chargers are eight and six. The Colts are eight and six. The Bengals have a fourth seed right now due to leading the division because they're eight and six. Eight and six. I mean, it is really crazy <laughs> how coming down the stretch here, we've got, you know, teams that are 14 games in and 17 game schedule. We got three games left to try to figure out who's going to the postseason. But I mean, could the Raiders get in if they beat Denver next week? Do you think there's any way the Raiders could potentially run the table here? They've got Broncos at the Colts home for the Chargers. Sounds like a rough stretch to me um, as far as running the table. I didn't think they'd win against Cleveland on the road, though. Yeah, I mean, and, and you never know, like the way these things are turning out. I mean, if somebody, you know, gets ruled out with the protocol and this, and I think we're going to see everything in the NFL's power to make sure that the players, if they can play, they're going to play. They're going to do everything they can to make sure they're not ruled out. At <laughs> least the starters. They're not testing them unless they have symptoms now. So you have to right. be sick. You get tested. No more asymptomatic. No more like broads. Like you have yeah. to be sick for them to actually test you for COVID. And, and I mean, they had to force them to even get them in the tent on the sideline. Like guys aren't going to go, hey, I'm not feeling good. Can I get tested? Nobody's yep. going to say a word about being sick. They're not. They're going to just keep it quiet and get through it to play. Yeah. The goal of NFL players is to play. They all want to play, even when they get hit on a sideline and are looking for a reason to go back in. So no one's going to. I mean, you're going to see, I think, the players that need to play are going to play. Now, trying to figure it out, I mean, it sounds like to me like they win one of those three games and the Raiders don't get in. But if they win two of three and get help and things fall, they can be the seventh seed. They can be the sixth seed. You know, so, I mean, you can look at these things. A lot of books are putting up, you know, to make the playoffs. Yes, no's. And they're fascinating to me because these are things that I always wanted to do but was somewhat limited to do it because, you know, one, the software, but two – a lot of books didn't want to do it. You don't want to take that exposure. And I'm like, why not? Who knows who's going to make the playoffs right now? Well, I mean, the Raiders have a tiebreaker over Cleveland and Miami. So they've beaten both those two teams, Miami seven and seven, Cleveland seven and seven or Denver seven and seven. So if they beat Denver, they'll have the tiebreaker over the three teams currently below them, Miami, Cleveland, Denver. Then you go to the division tie break, which would eliminate the Denver situation. And they're going to play the Chargers, who are eight and six. The Chargers have a tiebreaker over Buffalo and Baltimore based on win percentage in conference games. That's how far down we're going to have to go here. Right? It's going to go record, then divisional record, and then conference record. And we may have to go to the conference record to determine who's getting into the playoffs. That's so rare, right? We never go three. Like, it's usually, yeah, it's usually one. So, I mean, you know, talk about, you know, us doing the content and and, and having to worry about the house rules all the time. Hmm. This is going to get really interesting because people are going to have to like, that's a valuable piece of information that you would kind of, you know, if I was in a room, I would, I would be like, all right, listen, 
I just talked to P-Roll, and this team has the tiebreaker <laughs> over here, here, here. Let's move their number a little bit because yeah. if they win, now they're ahead of all of those teams. Yeah. That game against the Chargers could be huge. Monumental, right? That 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 could determine in or out. Could basically be a playoff game. I mean, that last game of the year on the 9th of January could be a playoff game for this team, which is so crazy because I think they beat the Broncos. Teddy Bridgewater's not playing. He's been ruled out. So I, I do think that after losing, you know, five of six for the Raiders and things were just falling apart for them, they get the win on the road against the Browns. They have that awful interception late in the game by Derek Carr. I have no idea what he was doing, throwing the ball down the field. There was no need to, to push it like that. No. Double coverage on top of that. But he somehow gets the football back because the Browns went conservative and the Raiders run defense, amazingly enough, stood up. They got the football back and then Carr went to work and got his team in and a couple of really nice plays by his receiver. Foster Moreau's play to get the first down and go out of bounds on top of that was huge, huge. for them. Um, you know, Zay Jones having that huge catch to the 30 yard line and then they spike it and they just locked up Carlson long term because of what he just did. That kid's a kicker. He's a legitimate weapon for them and they've locked him up long term for that reason. So he comes in, boots the game winner. I was so mad at the timeout because I thought that was such a late timeout that the yeah. Browns took. Yeah. That was like, man, you really gave it to him like right there. Like, gosh, that's so ugh. but he made them both. And- Do you think that's effective? Does that ever really work? Like I, I see it so many times and, and like all I think you're it works doing- before the kick. Like I don't think it works when you give the guy the chance to, to right. kick it first. You give him a warm up rep. Yeah, that I think doesn't work. If you give it to him, if you make him think about it, and right, he's lined up, he's mentally there, and then you call a timeout, and then you make him go through the whole mental process again. That I think actually works. That I think Maybe, you can get right. that. That yeah. I think you can get a guy in his own head thinking about the mechanics, like any golf swing, right? Like if you're thinking about your wrists and thinking about the grip and thinking about your shoulder turning, like you just start thinking too much. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just like, you just duff it rather than just like letting your body go. But I think if you give a practice swing and a practice shot, <laughs> I know when I'm playing par threes, if you give me two shots, my second shot is always closer. So almost always, like right? almost yeah. Always the second shot after you have a, a, a warm up rep is better. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm watching it going, oh, he's definitely making it. Like, there was no, I, I, if you could bet the yes, no on the second it fluttered. one. The first one fluttered. The first one kind of like the wind took it a little bit and it went through, but it didn't look clean. And then the second one was just a was laser. Dead. Was like, That's I got strange. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah crisp good contact just like any other second shot on a golf course like you get that second hack at it and you make perfect solid contact and right to the uprights <laughs> game over and i was like okay yep. so you kind of gave him a practice swing and gave him a practice shot to see what the wind was doing and then he just took a, took a crank at it and, and, and got it through so I, I look it would be a crazy story the raiders are a team that people here really got mad at in, in in this market and they really started to turn it off. And then if they would make this run, if they won four games in a row to get into the playoffs, win or lose in the postseason, it would be the craziest ticket in town to try Ooh. to go to that game. If they had a, if they had a home playoff game, they probably wouldn't, right? No. Well, they might. Be, no, they, well, they can't win the seed, division. Right, right so, but depends on the seed, they could host one they, of the wild card games. If they if they win all three. They gotta win all, all three. I I, yeah. I mean they have Went to out. get to ten wins. I yeah, think 10 wins is going to host, yeah. you know, a nine and eight or eight, yeah. eight and one. If it's the Steelers, if it's, I mean, like they're, they're going to be on the road. Wow. That's, that's crazy. All right. So <laughs> I, I was asking this question over and over again last night. Is, is Matt Nagy the worst coach in the NFL? 
Man, is that frustrating to watch. Like, I, you know, I thought the Bears would keep it close, man. It feels like the defense should sue for support. Like, the defense they, keeps they, them in games. It's we handicapped, we handicapped the game right yesterday. I mean, yeah. I, the over 38 should have come in. I mean, the Bears, you could probably make a case for the Bears to win that game. Oh, they turned sure. the ball over on downs three times in the red Inside zone. the red zone. Inside the three red zone. Three times. <laughs> I'm not sure I ever saw that before. I mean, I'm serious. I, I not. Well, did the one, Chargers just do it last Thursday? No, they turned it they over in the red it? zone. No, because some of those, some of those were outside the red zone. One was on the 35 yard line when they went for it. It was the plus 35 yard line, but it was the 35 yard line. This was in the opposing team's red zone and yeah. they couldn't get a touchdown in the entire game. Yeah. What I, if I'm a Bears fan and I'm not, and I feel for you guys, because Matt Nagy is so bad. The coaches are so bad. They have the, we talked about this yesterday. The, the Vikings are the 26th worst pass defense in the NFL and they're running the ball and they're playing ball control and they're going slow tempo. The one drive where they finally went up tempo, throwing the football. It was, I mean, their quarterback at one point, Justin Fields was 17 of 20 throwing the ball. Like, yeah. Just look at the stats, look at the defense, look what's working, throw the ball, go up tempo, stop running the ball, stop playing conservative. If the kid makes mistakes, so what? Like, what is the what is your problem with not taking the handcuffs off this kid in week 15? Let's go. Like he can throw the football. And when he throws the football, that's when he can run because he gets in the pass rush and he can go. I, I, they are so bad. They are so bad. Nagy, the answer to this question is 100% yes. They should have fired him at the end of the third quarter yesterday. They should have, they should have come down. They haven't fired. They've never fired anybody in season. They're not going to fire anybody in, during the game. In game. Can't fire Once anybody in the game. Tapped him on the shoulder and said, <laughs> goodbye. Thank you. Clipboard, please. Keys. Cards. Parking spot. Parking spot. You're out. Yeah. Uh, Get out. You're done. Thank you very much. Our lawyers will contact you tomorrow morning. (laughs) We'll have a check for you ready. Get out of my team. Like, just get away. Will they even get him an Uber home or just you're on your own from that? Hitchhike. Walk. That's it. You got to be going. He's so bad. It's the frustration, I think, for Bears fans, which, I mean, there are a lot of them. And, and, the frustration. I mean, they went twelve and four with him of three years ago. I cannot believe it. I mean, I was texting despite with them. somebody last him. night. You know, Joe Ostrowski and I were trading texts back and forth because his Chicago. frustration level. Yeah, he's a Chicago guy. Um, the lack of like communication, right? I posted that video on Twitter today of, of Harbaugh wired on the sideline, and you hear him talking to the players and making decisions right there, back and forth, getting a feel for what exactly is going on. I feel like there's such a disconnect between Nagy and everyone else, even like his assistants. Because somebody's got to go, hey, man, do you see what the kid's doing? Like he's he's completing passes. We're moving a ball. Maybe stop running for a little while. Maybe run the hurry up and, and, and see if we can get down close. Because if we get down close before the fourth quarter, we can kick a field goal if we don't get in and stay in this game. Because the defense was bringing it. The defense was making plays. I mean, they were in that game to win. And Cousins Cousins had 87 yards passing. What was that? 87 yards. They're in the playoffs if the season ended today. They will be the biggest bet against for me if they get in the playoffs. They're just so bad. Like They really are. They're They're capable if Cook is running 
they're capable of scoring. If you stop their running game, Justin Jefferson, I mean, maybe is one of the best wide receivers in football. He's amazing. But But, but he's got Kirk Cousins. So 10 10 targets, only four catches for 47 yards, one of them being a touchdown. But yeah, it was it, it was not good. Justin Fields on the on the game because of that last drive and that crazy touchdown that we'll get to here in a second. 26 of 39, he ended up 285, but he was really at one at one point he had completed 22 of 24 passes. I mean, sorry, sorry, no, 22 of 25 passes. Sorry. He had three incompletions. So, I mean, he was red hot throwing the ball, moving the ball. I mean, Cole Clement comes up with six catches, 71 yards, Daniel Mooney. Darnell Mooney for us gets over the 50 and a half. So I had, that was only bet I got right last night was his prop five catches for 63 yards. I mean, it was just one of those games. I, I was yelling at my TV set the entire time going, <laughs> why are we running David Montgomery 18 times? Why are you just running straight into the, into the line? They're not running on Minnesota. You guys aren't running the football. You're just not. And it's like, it's- let's, slowly go and walk up to the line and burn clock. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is insane guys. The lack of adjustment is one of the biggest separators of good coaches and bad coaches, I think. And it, you can't say, oh, well, it's a first-year coach. You can't say it's a first-year quarterback in week 15. Like, you know what you have at this point. And to yep. not be aware of what's going on, I think some guys just aren't good at, like, on-the-field coaches. Like, they're meant to be up in the box and seeing the game from up there, and there has to be somebody on the field that can kind of – be, you know, they, they call the coach of an NFL team, like the CEO, like you have Mm -hmm. to be able to talk to everybody about everything. You don't have to be the expert in anything, but you have to know everything and you have to be able to talk to everybody and be able to change on the fly. If this isn't working, change it. There was no change in anything last night. Let's just keep, like you said, run, run, oh, short on third down punt, run, run, Short on third down, punt. It was so frustrating. And and the defense, man, can you imagine what's going on in that locker room? They got to uh, be like, they got to be like, what are we doing? But you can't get mad at Justin Fields. Like, I, I feel like it's not I Justin agree. Fields. Like, he's a young quarterback. He needs a new head coach. He needs someone to help him develop. But the kid's got talent. That's the he thing. He takes shots. He don't even get yeah. the calls yet. Like, there's he took some shots again yesterday. I'm like, man, yeah. this kid's tough. Yeah. He, you know, he gets up, he can fly. When he gets a, a, a little Ooh. bit loose, he can fly. The first and, step is is yeah, he has a yeah. quick first step when he puts his head and goes, he goes and gets and that's why like the design runs and like the things that you see with Lamar Jackson and things that you see with Kyler Murray, you don't see that with the Bears. No, like, you just you just see power eye like <laughs> sweeps like old school football. You don't see the stuff that's the creativity to get your guy on the edge, him versus a linebacker or him versus a defensive end. Let him make a miss and then whoop, he's off to the races. You don't see that stuff with the bears. See, very no. boring, very unimaginative play calling. And it's, it's gotta make, I mean, field has gotta be frustrated as holy hell. You have like, to take rather than take like the peg and try to fit it into your system. Know what pegs you got and kind of use the system to create yep. the pegs best form of success. Yep. And that's coaching. That's yep. that's organization down. Like so for no one 
at least at the top, like to say, hey, man, what you're doing ain't working. And if you keep doing that, you ain't going to have a job. And neither am I. Like, <laughs> right. you know, like yeah. the GM right. tap his guy on the shoulder and say, like, look, man, this kid is not the quarterback that your system is designed to do. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Pace and him are tied at the hip. They both got to go. I mean, they, 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 I, I went the, the GM needs to go to the coach and say, you got to change. But I think the GM's on, on the same page as the coach. They're lockstep. Well, they're on this, they're on the same page that they both think this is the way to play. Like they both like it and they both will be gone in what three weeks and and the bear, the bears will clean house and get rid of both of them because they need to. All right. So since sports betting is such a big deal last, (laughs) last night, end of the game. Final drive, we get the good old backdoor conversation. Here come the Bears down 17-3 with the football. They get it back about a minute left. They go down. They throw a relative Hail Mary with one second left. Not really a Hail Mary, but a a shot to the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown. Initially called. Not a touchdown. Then reviewed. Called a touchdown. 17-9. If you bet the game late, you had Vikings minus seven. Yeah. The NFL rule is we don't kick the extra point if the game, if it does not determine the game. Should that rule change? I mean, from the gambling standpoint, you wanted to, but I think it's uniform and it's it's okay, I guess, the way it is. In full disclosure, I had already changed the channel and did not see any of this happening. And then when I came back to it and saw the score, I'm like, wait a second, they scored? And then I saw... I went back to the Twitter because I had already kind of turned it off and figured I was shutting it down for the night. And I was like, oh, no, they scored on the last play of the game. I've been in the book when this has happened. There's people that are not happy and they don't know the rule. And they're like, why is this like this? There's no good explanation now. If you're this tied to the gambling, you might have to finish out the play. I mean, this is the only time, the only time you don't kick the extra point or go for two is right. on the last play of the game. And they mm. might have gone for two. I mean, who knows just for the hell of it, because it's, it's Matt Nagy. He may have just said go for two for the hell of it. I mean, it's, who knows? <laughs> I think what it by not changing it, you take it out of the coaches and the players' hands. Because before the rule was put in, you saw them have to do it, and guys would just snap it and take a knee. Like they wouldn't even try to, you know, and then you got the implication that, oh, well, they obviously had the Vikings minus seven. Oh, they obviously had the Bears plus seven. And it it got tied into that. So I think not changing it is probably better overall for that aspect of it. But for the gamblers, you want to change, don't you? It's not that I want it changed or not changed. It's just that I think it's a little unnatural for the game to end on a play where we know that after a touchdown is scored. There is a point after attempt, meaning the most, the maximum points you could get is seven for a score. You get six for the touchdown and then it's your choice to go for one or two to eliminate that choice and say, no, because there's no implication on the actual money line. We're going to let the guys run off the field. It feels unnatural to me. It it just, It it, it doesn't, that's not how the game is played, except in that one exact moment where you're going to say, okay, the game's over because this touchdown doesn't matter. Well, you can't say that anymore. You can't say it doesn't matter because it does matter. It matters to 
thousands and thousands of people who are betting on your sport and watching your sport until the end. And if the idea is to keep people engaged with your telecast for as long as possible because of gambling, and that's why the NFL, after Paps and everything else, embraced gambling because they knew their ratings and the, the rights fees were going to spike and go crazy. You have to at least acknowledge that you have a awkward, weird situation that may need to be addressed because you have decided to embrace gambling. Oh, I would like I would like to see it changed. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, think about if the total is affected. Yep. Think absolutely. about if, you know, a player prop is affected. You know, your kicking prop is, is you have over 100%. two and a half points. Yep. Supposed 100%. to kick the extra point. Um, you know, so it's it makes a lot, it's not just the side anymore. Like there's so many other markets and things that happen with the gambling that it's not just an extra point. It it can mean a lot more. I mean, it could fall in the middle. It could fall, you know, for a teaser, it can fall. All the bears teasers cashed because of that last night. Yes. So like, that was the thing where like, if you had teased the bears up to 12 and a half, that was the, that, that was the Hail Mary prayer answered for you right. regardless of extra point or not you got the plus 12 and a half yeah those i've been in a book when when that happens on the last play of the game where you at least have one side of the teasers covered and then they do that hail mary and it goes and you're like oh like that's a big swing and you know i i've been a couple of times on on twitter with firm and we go back and forth about you know how fast will it come that um the story is going to be like that play swung millions of dollars in sports books it does it yeah. really does absolutely i mean it's it's crazy but it does and you're like wait why and you, you your answer just is that's the rule and i i feel for anybody behind the counter when someone are running up there saying hey i should have pushed you know i had i had plus seven or i i sorry i had minus seven why, why didn't i push and you know, <laughs> it's the NFL plus, rule. Plus I used seven, to say that all seven. the time. Yeah. I'm like, that's the NFL rule. So oh, really? Is, well, that's dumb. And used to, I mean, the debate was had, it is, it's, it's, there's no, <laughs> it is there's nothing I could ever say at the counter or on the phone when a customer called that was a good explanation. There was, that's the rule. Well, that's, that's, that's stupid. They kick yep. it all the time. You're right. Every other time, except the last play of the game, when the game's not, you know, going to be decided. Right. Everybody walks off after a touchdown. Makes yeah. it, it's, it's bizarre, but I see both sides of it. I think that the NFL has a little more to worry about than changing the extra point rule. When you watch that game last night, you see a lot of the questionable calls and the officials, and oh. it felt like there was going to be a riot at one point with the you know everything going on. How about an ejection? You never see a, you never no. see ejections. Ejections. Oh. Like wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I thought Justin Fields gets an Oscar for the acting job he did. He laid there like somebody shot him. And then he, once the flag came out, he popped up and was like, let's go. He was all but good. That's what's happening with the officiating allows the players to do that, to buy the call. I'm not saying and I'm okay with, I, I'm actually okay with that. I, I just I mean, don't become a, soccer, please. Wait, like, I, no, no, but it's going to become like the NBA and, and they're told to protect the quarterback at all costs. And look, the hit was high. I mean, Kendricks came in and hit the dude high. I mean, fields got clipped. He was going down. He was sliding. It was a, it was a flag for sure. The ejection was a surprise. Like, like it, 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 there's no debate. The guy deserves a 15 yard penalty for a hit. 
on a, on a quarterback who's sliding. That's the rule. The ejection part of it was like the, Oh, Whoa. Okay. That's a whole different level. And it was a, that, that got bought by fields. Cause he just laid there motionless until the flag came out. <laughs> How soon before we get the referees mic'd? Because I, I so want to hear, I said this for years. If I could hear what the conversation was, because the head official, the referee right there did not throw the flag on the hit. The flag came in late. Then they had a discussion. Then they kicked the guy out of the game. The guy that was the closest to it did not even throw his flag. I would love to know the sales job that the side judge came in and told him, hey, man, like the play was dead. Like, why didn't you throw the flag? Well, because he was still running with the ball and he didn't know the flag was dead. The play was dead. The whistle didn't hear. Hold on, man. They're gonna, there's going to be a riot here. You got to give this guy 15. <laughs> and then, you know, he dumped him on his head. I mean, it's a, he's got to yeah. throw him out. Like, what? Uh, okay. Like, I would love to hear that back and forth because those things are deciding games. They're deciding bets in millions of dollars, too. That's the first thing I think that needs to be addressed is we got to just get it right. Mm. And it's not just the replay, too. Get the calls right. Right. Replay, replay is one thing, right? But the actual calls, the lack of holding calls or the overabundance of holding calls, the right. rhyme or reason for these games are difficult. And I'm okay with different referees having different strategies and different opinions on stuff, but it feels like there are missing calls are getting missed that are pretty significant. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, would you man. rather the over officiated game, like, it, you know, trying to get it right or just kind of like let them play and not really knowing what a penalty is for like three quarters. Like, you know, cause as, as, as a coach, it's like when I tell the kids, when we go play in a tournament, like I always want to know what the strike zone is, even yes. if it's bad, I want to know early. So now we can adjust. I don't care one way or the other. I care about consistency. I care yeah, about a foul a foul being a foul in the first quarter and a foul being a foul with one minute left in the fourth quarter. I want pass interference in the, in the, in the second half to be the same as a pass interference in the first half. I don't want time score and situation to dictate calls. That drives me crazy. Like, so you don't like NHL officiating because that's uh -uh. the way they've done it. For Absolutely. You. can't. It drives me nuts. It's <laughs> horrible because you're allowing them to interpret what the call would mean on the outcome of the game. And that's how you get into trouble. That's how you get referees on the take. That's how you get guys who are being, you know, involved in plays and involved in games. Don't like it at all. Like there needs to be, that's why people say robot umpires in the, in, in major league baseball for strike zones, because they don't want a guy behind the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning, having a smaller strike zone than he did in the top of the first squeezing guys, getting yeah. on base. Like that they, they want it to be consistent over and take the human element out of it. And it's just always a strike. That's always a strike across the board. I don't want robot umpires, but I get the point as to why people want robot umpires to eliminate that exact situation. That's the that's the hard part to handicap, right? Like, I mean, oh, it's impossible. It's yeah. it's so hard. I mean, it, I say in football all the time, like the guy that figures out how to handicap turnovers will change the world. I mean, that one to to figure out how to get that oblong football to not get punched out or intercepted or tipped and then picked or whatever, yeah. you will change the world when you figure that model out. The next thing after that 
is the officials. If you can, I mean, there's guys that literally keep charts and handicap officials and this guy calls more flags. This crew calls more flags. This one lets them play. This one has the most interference calls. It's incredible. The amount of information that's out there. Um, I just think it's, uh, it's, you're right. They got to be more consistent, but I mean, even if it's consistently bad, just be the same. Like, so we don't have to worry about it. Totally, totally agree. All right, let's go to go to the games tonight. Let's start with the late game here. Rams minus seven against Seattle. It feels like the content world, Dave, is on the dog here. They're taking the seven points. I'm just not so sure that the content world understands the COVID implications because the Rams are getting COVID healthy and the Seahawks are getting COVID sick. Yeah. What's what's your read on tonight? So, I mean, you know, this number opened up closer to this at the beginning and then the COVID thing happened and these guys for the Rams are going to be ruled out. Then they moved the game. And I wasn't aware until, you know, our little pre-show meeting and you told me like, no, the Rams guys are all playing. They're all coming back. I and mean, Higby's he, well, not. Okay, so so like, so like the, the the full the full report, Higby is out. Okay. He's the biggest name for the Rams who is out tonight with COVID. But they're getting everyone else back. <laughs> They're getting Donald back. Did They're they getting practice him. all week or are they just like, all right, you guys are in. Like, because um, they, were I mean, they practiced the up until they got, they got, uh, they were, they were there until they got, you know, systematically taken out yeah, okay. for COVID. I mean, it kind of like went through the whole week where it wasn't like one day, everybody was out. It was slowly throughout the entire week. They started to have guys who are out and they still have a lot of guys who are going to be out, but the big name players are all coming back. I mean, like Juju Hughes is out. Okay. Are you really worried about Juju Hughes being out for the Rams? I don't even like, know who Juju Hughes, Hughes is. That, that's my point, right? Yeah. The, the majority of people who are out with COVID right now, and there are still numerous players who are out with COVID, but they have Aaron Donald. They have Darnell Henderson. They have Odo Beckham Jr. They have mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Okay. They're all off the list. They're all yeah. playing tonight. <laughs> so like, uh, and then on the other side, you've got Seattle and they're going to be without Tyler Lockett and they're going to be out without DJ Reed. And so because, because this game was moved to Tuesday, it let the Rams get healthy and it hurt the Seattle Seahawks. Now they've got COVID problems. Right. Yeah. I mean, my initial thought was Seattle plus the points just because I can't get out of my head the game they played in San Francisco. And then we just talked about it again on Sunday. San Francisco is legitimately um, on the rise and a threat in the NFC to be that team that's going to probably take out one of the big three or could actually win out and get in a better spot than, you know, be a legitimate threat to come out of the NFC and actually go to the Super Bowl. Um, and Seattle just beat them. But again, like you said, it's the NFL. Um, that How much stock do we put into that? And Seattle can stop the run. They're Which is what San Francisco pack. does. Which is what the it, Niners do. Right. You can't it, run. It, the Niners can't run. They can't score. So to use that phrase, styles make fights. It would lead me to – it sounds like you like the Rams – I would take the dog in the situation just because I think it's going to be close. And with everything going on, if it's a, if they haven't practiced, like that's the important thing to me, if they've been maintaining reps and everything's kind of smooth and now they just got cleared, the Rams could run them out. The Rams could win this game easily by double digits. I don't think Seattle has really any shot of blowing out the Rams. But Seattle could win the game, so I would side with the dog. 
All right, let's go to the second game where we've seen a lot of steam here on the Eagles. This number was six and a half an hour ago. It's eight and a half now. Yeah. Worlds on Philly. The total has gone from 44 down to 41 and a half. Mostly because of what's going on. Tyler Heineke is out. He is not playing in this game for Washington. Yeah. That is significant. Kyle Allen is out. That is significant. We've got a quarterback off the pack of the practice squad for the Patriots who is playing here tonight. Your guy Washington. is starting then. That's this guy that you told me this Gilbert guy, he's playing. He's the starting quarterback. Yep. And so you've got JD McKissick who is out with a concussion. Curtis Samuel is out with a hamstring. So now you're low on weapons for Washington and you are on the road against an Eagles team that we talked about playoffs. They need this win. Eagles need this win. they're at home. But how many points do I have to give you to take Washington? 10. Okay. I think I think 10 I get interested. Um and again, it might be something I'll watch in game to maybe try to, yeah. you know, sneak in there and grab it. If if the problem is is if they provide, I mean, it'll be like the Bears game last night. If you can't score or you can't maintain the ball, the defense wears out. And Philly could yeah. could win this game easily by double digits. I mean, all they have to do is get 17 or 20. And the the Washington may not get ten, you yeah, know. It's so tough. it's it's you saw it with Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland hung around long enough in that game. They just needed one more score, and it would have been enough. I don't know. I mean, if the Eagles score twenty, that seems like it's insurmountable for Washington in this situation with the guys that are out because of injury. Now with the quarterbacks out because of COVID, what, how are they going to score? Washington team total under got to be. I think. I think that's a better play than the total in the game. Wow. Right. Okay. Because w- what if, what if Philly gets it going? Like Philly's playing now every game to actually get in the playoffs. Not that Washington's not because Washington wins and they're, they're actually in the seventh spot. But I think when you have a team with the situation that Washington's in, Philly can start to feel it a little bit because Philly can put together some points. If, so if, where are you on, I mean, team total right now, if you want to go under 16 and a half at BetMGM, it's minus 120. Yeah. You can go all the way down to like, I mean, 14 and a half. Yeah. Like if you, like, I, well, I guess the lowest they're going to put up is 16 and a half. You can go under 17. You can go all the way up under, under 29 and a half. It's just, uh, but the lowest number you can get is under 16 and a half at minus 120. So you like under 16 and a half. Yeah. I would go under 14 and a half. I think Ooh, they get, they, they get, if they get two touchdowns, they probably don't kick a field goal or they kick two field goals and get one touchdown. It's 14 See, or 13. I know, but these are the games to me where like Garrett Gilbert, no one knows anything about this dude. He's played before, right? He's 30 years old. He's been in the league. He's been on a practice squad with the Patriots. He's played with the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, he's not, he's not horrible. Okay. I'm not saying he's good, but He's had moments. I mean, he's been okay. He played one game back uh, last year with Dallas where he was 21 of 38 for 243 yards, one touchdown, one interception. It's not horrible. He played five games uh, for the Cleveland Browns, but really all in mop-up duty and just as a coming and taking knees. Uh, (laughs) And then he played one game with Carolina back in 2018 where he was two of three for 40 yards. So, I mean, he's been around. He's not like... 
you know, a wet behind the ears rookie coming in. And so I don't know. Something tells me this kid might might surprise some people. Remember Maybe. when remember Taylor Heineke playing in the playoffs? And everybody was like, where, what, how? And he, he practiced well? all week. He practiced all week. That's the, the that's the difference when you just yeah. throw the quarterback and you see it during games. You know, he the guy four, gets he's, he's had four days. He's had four days to get ready. Well, he's probably taken all the reps. I mean, although if yeah. Heineke was close or like, hey man, just you know, we we need you to keep practicing because if you pass, you're playing. Like, I don't know. Remember, he got Heineke got ruled out on Thursday of last week, and then the game got moved to Tuesday. They signed Gilbert right after they lost Heineke. And so they had it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday to get the guy ready. Well, now today, that's that's actually that's a, a sign of encouragement. That it, you know, he was probably throwing and you know, crash course the the playbook, and you know, you've yeah. been here, so you're on the practice squad. He's been running the other team's plays. That's probably he was, remember he was the Patriot practice squad quarterback, not oh, I Washington. Thought, oh no, 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 he was the uh, Patriot practice squad quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh, not with this team. They pulled him off the Patriots. So, kind of as to where this guy is, but he's a veteran. The reason why the Patriots had him was because he's a veteran and the Patriots were nervous about Mac Jones. And if by chance Mac Jones got hurt and then what happens if they were to lose Brian Hoyer, they needed someone who could actually be comparable or just competent to come in physically. Yeah. yeah, So that's all Washington's after just be competent, run the offense. Don't look like a complete fool out there. Just run the offense. I'm not saying he's going to put up big points, but I don't think this guy is going to be just a joke tonight. I think he could be decent. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I just think that the team total under, I can't see them. I mean, unless they get a turnover, I mean, and that's the thing. If Washington's defense can find the ball and, and, and get them a short field yeah. um, or, you know, any scoop and score or pick six and that goes over. But the game steam is coming under. I mean, it's oh, just huge. Like it's down to, it's it's down to 41 and a half. And so Thomas on the live chat brings up a pretty good point. He said, I felt the same way about Nick Mullins last night. Nick Mullins played pretty well last night. He wasn't he awful. Did. No, he's not. No, it, you can capably do the job and move the ball between the 20s and then get into that red zone and you need help. I don't know if Washington has the help. Like they're out with a lot of guys. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's oh, yeah. like, you know, I mean, they're going to rely oh, yeah. on a lot of guys to, to help them through. And it's not um, just COVID too. I mean, the concussion. No, it's injuries. Yeah. McKissick and Samuel being out are two huge weapons yeah. for, the, for, for this offense, not having them. So, I mean, they're going to have to run the ball much like Cleveland. Use your running attack, run the ball, try to find a way to have your defense stand up and, yeah. You know, I mean, the Eagles aren't aren't great in certain areas in the passing attack. So uh, I'll be I'll be curious to see how the Eagles attack Gilbert. They can get after the quarterback, though. They can they can rush. So I am so impressed. You're actually doing the chat. You're actually doing the chat <laughs> of the Streamyard thing on the YouTube. Like, I don't know how you do it. I, I, I watch. Told you, I can do it. This is nothing. This is I nothing. know. I know. And then you bring the graphics up and then this and that. It's it's really impressive watching you do the show every day. Now I really got a true appreciation of it. All right, so the Bucks have made the decision to bring Antonio Brown back. Sure. Antonio Brown fakes a vaccination card, and he gets suspended by the team for three games for doing so. There was rumors or thoughts he was going to get cut. No. The question is this. 
if Antonio Brown, if the Bucks had won against the Saints, do they bring AB back? They're bringing AB back no matter what. I agree. They're bringing AB back no matter what. AB and AB live with TB for a little while. I mean, if you're in with the guy, you're in. I mean, you saw what he got away with in Pittsburgh. I mean, they finally had to say, you got to go. Like, we've (laughs) done everything we could to keep you playing football, and we can't do any more for you. You got like he almost killed that kid in Miami. Was like the, the that was it when he was throwing his furniture, off the, furniture off the thing. Like with I mean, this it's, tiny it's, kid down below in the pool, yeah. he's just chucking furniture off the. Top. It's just it's just crazy when you go back and look at all the things that happened. So now he yeah. goes, you know, finds his way to Tampa, and he's on the Super Bowl winning team, and he's got the rapport with Brady, and the, and the organization knows he can do the job. This is a guy that I don't even think has to practice. I mean, no. he just comes out. And one of those guys, there's, 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 you know, very few people walking on planet Earth that can just show up and they just got the talent and they're gifted that they can do it. Now, how they get from point A to point B, stop trying to ask. Like, yeah. I, but it just goes to show you at some point, if you can perform the job, you got a spot. I'm not surprised at all. You're not surprised, are you? Not at all. In particular, Mike Evans is hurt. Leonard Fournette is hurt. And Chris Godwin's gone for the year. Out. So, yeah, there was no debate. The second I saw that Godwin ACL injury, I was like, oh, okay. Antonio oh. Brown is 100% coming yeah. back because Brady is going to say, hey, guys, I came here to win championships. You're bringing this dude back, right? I don't really care what he did. He faked you know, a, a vaccination card. It's significant. It's a horrible look. But is it more horrible than the other crap this guy has done in the league? <laughs> you know, his I other behavior. Catch the ball. I mean, I, I gotta, I, I need, we need people yeah. to catch the football. We can't because that bucks offense against the saints looked like the Brady Patriots in 20. Did, did, did. Yeah. That was 2019 yeah. Patriots. And you yeah. saw it because it was like, and that's where I was kind of like laughing and people were getting mad at me on Twitter. But I was like, where are all the tweets and hit pieces about like, you know, they score zero and it was all bill. Oh, it was always Belichick. Like we didn't see any of that. And it was like, that was last year when the Patriots sucked. It was like, Oh, it was all Brady. It wasn't Belichick at all. And now they're nine and five and people are like, Oh, right. Players are needed to win football games. <laughs> you actually have to have talent to win. Both both guys need talent around them to win. You they need each other. Yes. Yeah, like you, those right. people up in Boston are trying to make that a, like a thing. Which one I is it? It was both. Both. It was it was magic. And 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 you know, quit trying to even pick one or the other. Right. They, they made each other better. Yes. I mean, it was a perfect marriage that stayed for twenty years. Yeah. And they won six rings and played in eight Super Bowls. And when they separated, Brady won one because Brady went to a team with a ton of talent. Bill is rebuilding his team now with a ton of talent. And like they're both incredible. Like it's not right. one or the other. They're exactly. both incredible. And yeah. I, I can't stand the idea that you have to be on team Brady or be on team Belichick. I'm on both. Like I was happy for Tom last year. I was psyched. I bet on Tom last year to win the Super Bowl. I was happy that they won it. If by chance the Belichick led Patriots get back to the Super Bowl, I'll be ecstatic and jumping up and down about the Patriots getting back to the Super Bowl with Belichick. If I was picking between the two, I always pick coach, just me personally. But if I was the if I was an owner and had to pick between the two, I would pick a coach over a player. But that's just it's never opinion. been more evident to me that it's it's together. And 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 watching that video that I posted with Harbaugh talking to his players, 
right. You need both. Like you got to have both. And when it all works together, it is magic. And the guys that deflect the credit even more so like, no, that it, I needed you. I needed you. I mean, this is marriage, isn't it? We're both married. Nobody takes the credit. I tell Jess all the time. There's no scoreboards here. There's no scoreboards. Just whoever has to do it, will do it. It's, it's all the same. And, it's a joy to watch in sports because it usually leads to success. And when it's your team, it's even more fun. But yeah, that that whole nonsense, uh, trying to pick who was it, it's 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 a tired argument that I don't I don't think needs to even be discussed anymore. Do the Buccaneers bring in anyone else? They like, have to. They're, yeah, practice they're, squad. They've got decimated. Them. Like they're yeah. that, that's they have to restart. Like. I could see Brady being like, all right, go get this guy or this guy. Or like, who are we getting? Let's meet at the park after practice. Let's throw. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to do all that stuff. And then you got to you got to say to Gronk, man, look. Well, I here's, you. Here, here's the problem, I think, for Bucks. The Bucks Last year, they were so incredibly healthy, right? They were the most yeah. healthiest team in the entire NFL. They had no big injuries. So this year is not the case, right? Gronk has missed significant time. AB has missed significant time. Now they got Fournette. Now they have Evans and they've got Godwin who's gone. It would be, it's probably Evans probably isn't playing for the rest of the year in the regular, in the regular season. And then you're probably going to put Fournette on ice for a little bit and hope that Ronald Jones can carry the load for a couple of weeks. They've got three games left at the Panthers home. uh, Sorry, at the Panthers, at the Jets home for the Panthers. They are 10 and four right now. Do they, are they out of the one seed conversation in your mind? No, I don't think so. I I think if anybody can pull off a three game parlay against those teams or against two teams, I mean, two games against the Panthers is tremendous scheduling. But Uh, that defense is, I mean, I know they've lost four games in a row. Okay. But the Panthers have a legitimate defense and they can get after Brady. They can make Brady's life hell. No question. There's no there's no doubt. But I think them being at least in control of that, they can beat the Panthers twice and beat the Jets once. It doesn't sound – I mean, like, we could talk about the math and what the rollover parlay would be. Mm. But, I mean, at worst, they go two and one in that situation, I think. But then they're out. I mean, they they're, already, they're a game behind the Packers already. They can't go two and one. They got to run the table and they need help. Wow. Packers are, 11, Packers are 11 and three. They play home for the Browns, home for the Vikings and at the Lions. Wow. They're going to have to play it all the way to the end, too. There's no good. There's going to be no rest. Nobody in the last week of the uh-uh. season. And the Lions, you sure you want to play the pack? I mean, that's you want to play Dan Campbell with a chance to hurt the Packers? No. I on don't the road, on the road at Detroit. Hell no. no. <laughs> Hell no. no. I want no part of that. No. Yep. You could hear what that that whole rallying cry will be that week. Like we can take them out from the one seed. We can, Oh, and we can yep. set the tone for next year. Oh, I don't want that game. No way. I'm more worried about that game than the, the Buccaneers playing the Panthers actually. Yeah, I would agree. Sure. Because yeah. line, lines are at home and you know what they're going to be doing. They're going to be going crazy and their fans will be going Ooh, crazy and, and it will be a chance to, you know, Absolutely go off, win three games, go off. You know, they're not going to be the one seed any, I mean, they're not going to be the first pick in the draft anyway. And they know that. So, and I mean, Jacksonville is not going to win. Jacksonville's not winning again. That's so. like Auburn 
having a terrible year and then beating Bama, right? Absolutely. And, right. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. It's just be the rival like it, and set the tone for the entire off season. You could change the way the course of the organization thinks by winning that game. And, and the future of golf and the offense and everything. I it's, The storylines, as much as it's kind of weird that every team is either eight and six or seven and seven right now, yep. the top, them changing it to one buy, that's a Brilliant. big deal. It's a well, really look, good thing. So let, let me just do this real fast because people are asking about the, about different scenarios on the, on the chat. So here's where the Cowboys are. They're 10 and four. Okay, they are tied with the Bucks. They are going to face Washington coming up on a very short week for Washington. Where Already eleven point okay. favorites. Yeah, insane. Home for the Cardinals on the second of January. Huge game. Cardinals are ten and four as well. <sighs> at the That's Eagles a playoff game. At the Eagles. To end They're the at Philadelphia the last week. Last week. Yep. Another playoff game. If Philly wins today, they're seven and seven, and. Philly will be in the conversation. Most likely that game will matter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Most likely it will matter for the Cowboys too, but it really will matter for the Eagles. So Washington's probably a W. So they're 11 and four Cardinals at home. Oh my. And then at the Eagles. So do you think two and one, one and two for Dallas? Well, favorite huge against Washington favorite at home against Arizona. Um, so you know, obviously the win there and they're going to be favored on the road at Philadelphia the last week, unless they announced that they're sitting people, they're going to be a, a small favorite at, at worst. Um, they've been favored almost every game this season. I think if you go back and look at Dallas's, I, I mean, two and one minimum, but, but by the numbers, but they can legitimately go one and two in I that agree. stretch. I agree. And I mean, only four losses. They're in the discussion to finish 13 and four and have and only one playoff game at home. Yep. That's the Cardinals, brutal. Cardinals 10 and four. If the Rams win today, they're 10 and four and the Rams have that tiebreaker. Um, it goes down because they're one and one against each other. So you have to go a little bit deeper into the tiebreaker. Oh, I believe, sure. I believe the Rams are, I'll check that here in just one second, but the Ram, but the Cardinals will play Colts, at the Cowboys, home for Seattle for Arizona. Oh, I don't like one. that schedule for them. No, that sounds like absolutely one not two to me. And maybe even zero and three, depending oh. if Seattle wants to play or not. Right, that I mean, could go super bad. Think about ten and seven versus where they were early. They've lost two games in a row, Rams and Lions. You lose to the Lions in really bad form. The media in Phoenix is devouring Kingsbury right now. They are furious. They're waiting team. to do that. They've been waiting yep. to do that all along. Like they've been yep. talking about them being overrated and playing yep. above their heads and blah blah blah. As soon as it's like that's like you know a lion on meat. Like they, yeah, they've been waiting for this any crack, and then there you go. So. Cardinals would have the division. The Cardinals are four and one in the division. The Rams are two and two. So they've got that tie break. They've got that one. So the Cardinals today would still be in first place. Head to heads one and one Rams will be 10 and four Cardinals will be 10 and four. If the Rams win tonight, tonight. So then they will be four and one against the division. So they would have that tie break going down the stretch. The Rams at 10 and four have Seattle tonight. And then at the Vikings at the Ravens and home for the Niners. That's not easy. Oh, well, that's a tough stretch for the Rams, right? We're there. gonna get playoff games 
every single week in yeah. so many different divisions, both conferences, like every game is going to matter. I mean, and again, it's the NFL dream, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. more markets involved in making the playoffs. This may be when you look at it going back once we get there to the Super Bowl, the hardest road to get to the Super Bowl in years. Like you're not, there's no more, you know, 13 and threes. The Patriots are home in Foxborough. They get the first playoff game. They're 12 point favorites. You know, they're going to win that right. because they get the wild card that's been beat up and, and they've been sitting like the first round of the playoffs for every team that they're playing. It's going to be a tough game. I think the spreads are going to be low. I think the dogs are going to be live. It's going to be fantastic. Look, I, I'm saying people have been talking to me about the one seed a lot and saying the Patriots aren't getting the one seed. KC is 10 and four, but KC plays the Steelers at home at the Bengals at the Broncos to end the year. Those are all three of those teams are going to be needing wins. Now, maybe not week 18 with the Broncos, but right. the, the Bengals sure as heck are going to be playing for it. And the Steelers sure as heck next week are playing for it right now. So they're going to get everything they can out of the, uh, I mean, everything that the Steelers have defensively um, there. I mean, like they're going to get a tough effort. Uh, the Steelers problem in that game is going to be scoring points yep. and, and being too far down in the first half. They're down in the first half every single game. Go back and look at their first half scores in the past month. They're, I mean, it's how much can you get down 14 points or 17 points to the Chiefs and come back? That's the that's the problem. They've been so good in the second half. But, I mean, how many points are the Chiefs going to score this week? I don't think they're putting up 30. No. No. Right? And if that's, Watt has his way, I mean, if they can get pressure on Mahomes, that's going to be the case. They, they, they got to get after Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a tough stretch. I mean, that's that's. It, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility for any one of the top teams in the NFC or AFC to get the one seed. This isn't Kansas City's shoe in. What if the no. Patriots went out? They're well, the, the one seed. This is this is the game for the one seed and the division for the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Bills on Sunday, and <laughs> I mean, it's it's huge. They're ten and they're, they're ten and five. They've got a two game, two O lead on Buffalo. They've won the division. It's done, right? I mean, they, 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 and then they have the Jaguars and the Dolphins on the road. You know, it, it's it's not crazy that the Patriots wind up twelve and five. And so, let's see where where do the twelve Chiefs and five win? with the tiebreaker right. they can get the one seed. I mean, right. that's legitimately can be the one seed in the AFC can finish twelve and five. The NFC, right, I yeah. think, is going to be thirteen and four. That I agree with. Yeah. Whoever gets the one seed. And I, I, I think it's going to be Green Bay. I, I think Green Bay wins out. I do. I, I think that they're just uh, they, they're playing such incredible football right now and they're healthy. If they get hurt, then maybe. But right now they're yep. they're healthy. Yep. All right. Time now for better to book it. Do it. Plays I have made today. All right. Let's start with the Rams minus seven over Seattle. We've kind of talked about this already. Yep. I am going against the content space pick. Everyone likes the points because it's division. I think Seattle's in real trouble without Lockett. And I think this is a big opportunity for the Rams who, who are getting everybody back who they want to get back to go out there and, and build on last week's really big performance. I'm laying the seven Rams minus seven betting or booking it. Like I said before, 
the Rams can blow out Seattle. I don't think Seattle can blow out the Rams, but I think Seattle can win the game. So when I think Seattle can win the game, I take the points. I'll book it. I'll take the dog here uh, and hope that we get the road team effort that was stuck in a city, that a game was moved and everything was going against them. We saw the Raiders find a way to do it against the Browns. But the Rams are really good at passing, and that's not really what Seattle does really good. So this could get ugly early, and I might need a backdoor late to even get close to cover. I can't get involved with Eagles Washington, so I decided to go with a Hail Mary player prop. Ooh. And I have no idea where we are. I just eight, six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half. I'm not doing teasers. I, I, the, the, this game is just a mess. So I want to give myself something fun to watch. So I'm going with a total Hail Mary. Washington tight end, Ricky Seals Jones, <laughs> anytime touchdown is plus 460. Let me explain the bet. So the Eagles are last in the NFL right now to yardage given up to tight ends. They've given up 10 receiving touchdowns this season to tight ends. Last three weeks, they've given up at least one receiving touchdown to every opponent they have faced. There's nobody in the red zone for Washington. They don't have McKissick. They don't have Samuel. Okay. They can run the ball with Gibson so they can run it in the red zone. But if they're going to throw it, you have a six foot seven tight end in Ricky Seals Jones. Give him a shot. Throw the ball up. See if he can get it. We probably only have two or three trips to the red zone all right. game long for Washington. <laughs> that's so, so I, I, that's why it's plus four sixty. But for a quarter unit, why not throw a flyer on Ricky Seals Jones anytime touchdown? Betting it or booking it? Uh, I've seen these bets before, and as the book, sometimes you get nervous because you're like, boy, these odds are high, and. If everybody that listens to the show or follows us and stuff on Twitter would bet this, it would be a big exposure. Like, whoa, hey, who's who's giving this Ricky Seals Jones guy? Who's the hyphenated guy? That's I could see that in the book, like somebody going, who's Ricky Seals Jones? I will book it, but I like the argument. And, and only because the reason why – I would book it because I think Washington's going to struggle to score. We saw it with Mullins yeah. yesterday. Played good. Get close to the red zone. Just can't. It's so hard. I mean, the league has become red zone defense. Like, if you play good red zone defense, you're in football games. And asking a guy to find a guy, although six foot seven, like you said, throw it up works. I'm going to book it and think that the two or three trips that we get down there result in handing it off mostly or end up in a field goal result. 41 and a half. Can you bet the under in this game? Can you stomach that? I mean, I can't cause I like unders, but if you don't like unders, no, I mean like it's, it, it, but I mean, yesterday that Cleveland game closed what 36, 36 and a half. It got as low as, and it was never close to going over. So, the thing that scares me here is Philly can put up 30 mm. and 30 to 14 is over. Mm, yeah. So you start to kind of work with those numbers and you go, geez, has it reached the point where we've said this on the show? I say it almost every day to either the kids or somebody on a show somewhere. You might be too late to the party if you're betting right. under 41. 41, I think, is the bottom bottom. Once you get below that 41, you know. We've talked about there aren't many key numbers in totals. 41 is one. Yeah. There's a lot of combinations of 41 in football scores. So 
I, I, I would recommend either holding off or attacking a team total than going under the 41. Okay, so we have one bowl game that I want to get your run on today. Ooh. And this is a game that will kick off in an hour and a half on ESPN in Boise, Idaho. It is <laughs> the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Hey. You're, we're going to talk about Kent State and Wyoming. I think Kent State's going to win the game outright. Do you really? But I'm going to wind up taking the points at plus three and a half for Kent State. Kent State, one of the best rushing offenses in the country. Great offense of the MAC. They lose the MAC championship game to Northern Illinois, a team that I bet on already this year in a bowl game, and they won the game outright. Or they covered. Did they win? They covered. They covered against Coastal. Yeah. Yeah, they covered. So right, they lost lost by six, but they covered their ten and a half ten and a half point dogs. So I I like Northern. I like Kent State. Wyoming doesn't score. They play. Solid defense, okay, yeah. is a little little strength on strength here going on here in this game. But I think the big play possibility for Kent State is better than kind of the grinded out power attack physical football that Wyoming wants to play. Wyoming hasn't had a good quarterback since they lost Josh Allen, so I'm not too worried about Wyoming scoring here. I think the, the Golden Flashes have a chance to put up some yards, some big plays, get through that line, bust one, pop one. I'm taking the Golden Flashes plus three and a half, betting it or booking it. Uh, let's let's complete the sweep here and book this one too. Only because I have no idea, and a lot of times <laughs> I really don't. This is one of those games that kind of got bypassed in um, any preparation or any looking at. I haven't seen much line movement. Your side is the side now. I'm watching my line screen light up right now. Um, it's all going to three. There's a book Good. that just moved to two and a half. Good. Like, yeah, there's there's something. Something has been reported, said, whatever. Um, but I'm going to stick with the favorite um, in the game. Is this a reward? I mean, bowl games are a reward for college kids. But you, you play in the Mac, boys. Play you play in the Mac. Come on so now, you go to Boise. You play yeah, on the blue turf. This is a reward that, in December. Yes, sure it is. Okay, you go to Kent State. You're playing in a bowl game. Of course, this is a reward. I like <laughs> I, I like betting these bowl games a hell of a lot more than New Year's Six bowl games. Do you really? Oh yeah, because the New Year's Six bowl games, the teams were on the cuffs making the playoffs, and there's like disappointment of like, oh, I'm playing this game. Okay, yeah, all right. How many opt outs do we have? Oh right, like half my team's not playing. This stinks. Like there's all sorts of like yeah. mental things that go on in the New Year's Six that worry me. These teams playing each other. This is these kids play for the love. Most of these kids aren't playing in the league. Got a chance to play on national TV. Got a chance to play against a team you never right. played against, play against before. Yeah. I I feel like and they lost. They were big favorites over Northern Illinois in the MAC championship game. Bad taste in their mouth after losing that. So at least you can come away with a bowl championship and get a victory. So that's the thing. Like I I kind of look at it like they did lose that game. Mm-hmm. in somewhat disappointing fashion. Now we got to go to Boise and play this game. Like there might be some, some ha- hangover from that. I mean, you can look at the motivation in, two, in both four ways. weeks ago. What are you hangover? A little hangover for the MAC championship game. Come on. Uh, got to go no. to practice again. You get to travel and tr- you, you get out of, get out of your college town. You're in Kent, Ohio. Anywhere is a, is a vacation in Kent, Ohio. All right. I Come guess on now. I don't know. I've been to Kent, Ohio. It's not that bad. Oh, please. But I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so there's a lot of places. Yes, they're, they're, <laughs> so like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 a it's a trip. It's 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 an opportunity to play football in a trip. And are you going to watch this game? 
Of course. Are you spending the, you will watch this? I have money on it. Of course I'm going to watch this game. <laughs> yes, I'm going to watch this game. <laughs> 60 and a half. Like, what am I missing? Why is the total so high? It feels it like it's too high. It is too high. Unders, under is a good play, but I'm not playing unders in bowl games. Unders have been f- getting killed. Dogs are six and two so far against the right. spread in bowl games. And I think totals are like eight and one to the over or seven and two to the over. Some stupid thing like Something that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one's playing defense on these bowl games. So I am sure as heck not betting. Is weather this. an issue today up there? Uh, and I don't think so. And I looked at it last night. There was nothing. Let me just double check with Boise, Idaho weather. I don't think we're looking at any real significance. Uh, no, 38 degrees and sunny. Oh, it's beautiful okay. football weather. It's, that it's, it, weather. it's, it's run the football, football weather in Boise. Yeah. Which is great. Which is great for my bet. Which is what Kent does too. Like, I mean, I no, no, but Wyoming doesn't run the football. Wyoming doesn't right. run the ball very well. Kent is 243 yards per game on the ground. Yeah, this that's is, what they do. Is, yeah, this is a top 20 rushing offense in the country. Run the ball against the yeah. Cowboys. I uh, first thought is it feels like too many points at 60. Like I, I, I would be okay with the under, but that would lead me to think that I would take the dog. And I just booked the bet where you took the dog. <laughs> it sounds all very confusing. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Wyoming just lost to Hawaii 38, 14 in their last game. You know, in, yes, in, t- on the Island. It was on the uh, Island. Right? No, it was home. home. No, it was home. They lost at home to Hawaii. To Hawaii. Yep. In Wyoming. <laughs> and you know how bad Hawaii is. <laughs> That's terrible news for me laying three points. Three, <laughs> three and, and a half. half. You're laying three and a half. You're not laying three. You're laying three and a half in this game. That's terrible news for me. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, you'll probably win that one. Yeah. All right. We'll take that. I, I, I've been pretty good. But my college has saved my tail because I've been so bad in the NFL, but I've been, you know, it's the down. way it goes. I've seen it in yeah. a book. It's, it's so hard. That magic year where the Saturday rolls into the Sunday. Good is just lightning in a bottle. It's usually Saturday, bad Sunday. Good Saturday. Good. Give it all back on Sunday. And yep. you're left talking to yourself on Monday. Either Going. way. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's that type of year. And then I think I am, I think I am down 14 units on the NFL. I am up two units on prop bets in the NFL and I am up 10 units in college football. Right. That's the way it gets. It's, it's, it's one or the other. It is so, so hard. Yeah. yeah so I'm, and, I'm down like 1.5 units for football season. Like I'm just like, for all, and I probably have made somewhere in the neighborhood of like 700 bets. That's ridiculous. That, I mean, that's the real number of it all is the amount of bets, the amount of action that you've had in this past tracked. run. No, I yes. have, I, I, I have personal safe. bets. I, I have more personal bets, but the tracked bets. So I, I did the math on this before. I have made over 2,300 bets since, Jan, since July 7th, 2020, when the Daily Juice podcast started. 2,300 bets. I have hit 50.5%. That's really good. No, I mean, seriously, like that is to, to be over 500 with that number of quantity bets. But I'm like, I'm like just barely. It's barely yeah. But I mean, that's, that's a lot of volume. I mean, that's a dream I'm down the, the juice. I, I'm just, I'm just down the juice. All right. of my, I, I'm down, but I'm down the juice. Like it's all, right. it's not from losing. It's just because it's my 110 versus their hundred. And if but you go if, split so, in the middle, you're losing the juice. In tracking it and doing it every day. Yep. Would you say 
you feel confident in any sport more so than the others or or yeah. really like what sport do you know boy when this season ends i really shouldn't be betting baseball or i shouldn't be betting hockey or i shouldn't be betting oh, is there a yeah. sport where you're like man that's the one that got me i just can't figure it out yeah like hockey is a sport that right now this year last year in the bubble it was way more predictable I think this year it's a complete roller coaster ride and yes. all over the place. So I'm having a real hard time figuring out hockey. Um, I'm having a real hard time figuring out the NBA player props where I had a really good year last year. NBA player props this year have been somewhat Tough. disappointing because of player props that are affected by COVID and by sitting guys and like just the way games are being played right now. Yeah. It's very odd. Like, you know, if you bet on a prop, like I, for instance, like Pat Connington hitting threes for the Milwaukee Bucks was a prop bet that I really got into. Cash money last year. That was cash money. Yeah. Crushing it. Right. Well, if you take Giannis out, Connington without on the floor, can't do anything. Like just throw out the window. No, but look. He's not even taking threes. He's not even getting a chance to shoot without Giannis. So like. You, you go into that and there's Giannis either he's a late scratch. I bet overnight. So I sometimes I don't know. So like I, I get burned by that. So that's yeah. difficult. And then like, you know, golf for me is always a for fun bet because golf is so hard to really get into. You right. can do head to heads if you want, but like there's a lot of work that goes into golf. Like if you're a golf gambler, you're a golf gambler. Like that's what yeah. you do is, is, is bet on golf. So, the, you know, as, as when that comes back around, you know, that hasn't been great, but like last year going into the playoffs for the NFL last year, I was up. Um, I think I was up like 13, 12, 13 units, somewhere in that range. And then I lost nine units in the play in the postseason. I got annihilated in the playoffs. So I'm hoping oh, last a, year. Yeah. So I'm yeah, hoping there's a flip. So I'm hoping I'm down. I'm down like 14 units going in. I'm hoping that I'm red hot during the playoffs. And it's right. The NFL. What happened last year. Yeah. NFL. Well, I don't think it's getting easier. I mean, as we're getting closer to the end of this season, like you look at the games, there's four double digit spreads in the NFL this week. And then every game is around a three or seven. Like every it's two, two and a half, three and a half or six and a half or seven. And then there's four double digit games. So it comes full circle and it just, I, I think it gets harder. Um, hopefully we can dig you out a little bit closer to zero by the end of the regular season. And then I think the, the player props and stuff like that will be a specialty in the uh, NFL playoffs. Those kind of, if you can find those spots, I think you can kill it. I, I've seen people just destroy the NFL playoff props, very, very sharp guys because their numbers are better than ours. Mm. All right. Well, we'll watch for that come, come the postseason. All right. Before we wrap, what's the best thing about today? Christmas week. Christmas week. Yesterday we talked about it, you know, the kids being around and, and you know, trying to figure out the course of action here. You're going away for a couple of days. I'm just trying to hold the fort down best I can. Um, we started a little home improvement project today. So um, you were right. here over at the house. Yeah. I call it the Hamptons. Yep. We're getting a backyard. Um, You're doing so it. We're doing it. Cool. And yeah. So um, I have nonstop people. Uh, they just apparently, while we were doing the show, dumped a bunch of stuff out front of the house. Yeah. And there are people now traipsing back into the back. There's a lot of noise back behind me going on. But in two days, uh, Mr. Dave, they said you're going to have a, a, a backyard. 
the way that we kind of dreamed it up and laid it out. So the best thing about today is that I think, you know, for the grownups and the kids, I mean, this is a big deal. We're going to have a backyard to kind of celebrate. So hopefully I told you to talk to the people because you could mention that company's name and then you could have gotten a discount. We're working on it. Okay, good. There we go. You took my idea. Rep might be listening to the show right now. <laughs> I told I said, Dave, everybody, literally, I was in Dave's backyard and I said, you know that your social media, you could potentially get an endorsement deal out of this, right? He was like, really? He's like, yeah, let's talk to people. <laughs> let's see out, like, the crazy thing about this is, is that it never even occurred to me to ask. And you said it. And I started talking to the, to the guy who's the designer and the sales rep and he lives in Vegas. And I go, do you bet on sports? Do you like sports? And he goes, well, yeah. Like it is such a natural <laughs> I, thing when you live here. Like everybody you. does it, bets on it and stuff. And you I'm have like, 17,000 followers on Twitter. You have a social media presence that you could act, that people are going to want to get in front of. So it's 18, it's 18, seven, by the okay, way. Okay. Sorry. 18, seven, whatever you got. Like, sorry. Hey, 18, you're strict 18, about 000. the numbers here, sir. Come yes, on. Sir. I'm sorry. I only have 13,000. So, so it's, 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 you have me beat by 5k, He's but here that's this morning telling the guys like where to start putting stuff and unloading. And he goes, Hey man, because are you guys going to talk about the Knights game tonight? Because are they going to play? Like I saw the line. I didn't see a line at my book. And I'm like, and Jessica looked at me and goes, do you have to talk to everybody about sports and about gambling? Yes. Yes. I'm like, he asked me. I didn't ask. He asked me. This is what happens. Oh, it was so funny, but that's, that's the best awesome. thing about today for me. Hell yeah, that's great. That, that's yeah. I, I'll be excited. I'll have to get a picture that you, you post a picture on 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 Twitter so we can. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Can 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 check it out. Um, for me, it, it is the fact that tomorrow we get on a plane, uh, and we have to pack today to get going to go to Disney. Oh, so, um, it's it's t- today is one of those things. And like, I haven't bought. Teresa wants me to take Madeline to a store to pick out her Christmas gift. Like, I can't buy it and have it be from Maddie. Maddie has to actually take it and buy it herself. This is the rules of my house. So I have to figure out a time today between everything we're doing and the games to take Madeline to a store to buy Teresa's Christmas gift. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I have rule. I have rules. I have to follow. Like, this, this is just, this is always the, one of the hardest things is to get mama a present. And it's been for years. It's like, all right, do we know what we're getting? Do we know where we want to go? And it turns out into a way longer trip oh, yeah. than it needs to be. Well, she, you have to understand something though. Teresa is the single worst person on the planet to buy for like oh, the boy. worst. I'm dead. I'm dead serious. She's the worst. She changes her mind. She will say, I want this. I want this. I want this. She'll change her mind. Okay. Change her yeah. mind. This is the woman who changed her engagement ring three times. Oh boy, you got your work okay. <laughs> so like th- th- this is what she does. This is this is this is her how dip. So like I always say, if I why don't you just pick it out and then I'll go have Madeline buy it. Easier. No, nope. The rules are that Madeline must pick it out. She must do it. So I have to take her and Madeline has to be the one to buy it. I can't just be the one to pick it out and she can't be the one to pick it out. Maddie, which you know, it does to Madeline. Now Madeline has anxiety because now she's nervous about picking something out for mom. And she said to me, daddy, I'm not sure what mommy wants. I don't know what to get her. What should I, what can I, what should I get her? And I said, the rules, the rules are you have to pick it out. And she's like, 
but I don't know what she wants. And I'm like, welcome to my life. Yeah, you, go like this, you pull her aside, say, Hey, come to this side. This is every day. <laughs> yes. So now why. you know what I deal with on it. Yes. On a yeah. daily basis, this is what I deal with every damn day is what I do. So enjoy that. She like, I mean, literally like Teresa has picked out every single one of her presents. She picked it out. I was like, good, pick it out, pick it out. I'll go buy it. It's all done. She knows exactly what she's getting. There's no surprise. I don't know why I'm even wrapping it. I was like, why don't you wrap this stuff? You know everything you're getting. So it's just, but she's like, it's, it's just, otherwise she returns it. Like she has returned almost oh. every gift I have purchased for her without her being involved in the process. She has returned almost every single gift. Doesn't matter. Expensive, inexpensive, you know, jewelry, clothes, trips, like <laughs> bought a trip, trip to Big Bear. I don't want to go to Big Bear. Oh, okay, great. There we go. Like, oh, great. Okay. Then cancel, return that. Yep. I can, you can refund it. Yep. Okay. Refund it. Okay. Like, this is my life. Like, this is what I deal with on a day to day basis. We're not alone. This is not, this is, we're not alone. This is, this, this is perfectly normal. This is what happens. Yeah. It's my life. Unfortunately, it's my life. So tomorrow, guys, is the last show for the week. I will be uh, in Disney Thursday, Friday. So the show is going to be off. We'll be back on the Monday following uh, heading towards the big bowls and everything else that we'll be getting into. So you want to subscribe to the podcast, go and do so. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe so you guys can get notified every time the Boston University of the Book goes live and always get it on a podcast. If you missed any part of the show, podcast posts about 30 minutes after the show is over. My friend, hopefully, my Rams come through. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Which game are you going to be watching more? Rams. I can't watch the Eagles game. I have money in the Rams game. So, and then I I guess I'll red zone it. Whenever I see the, whenever I see someone in the red zone, I'll be like, Oh, seals Jones. (laughs) I'll go and I'll go watch the Washington team. I'll probably be watching the other game. So keep your phone handy. We'll text each other. I'll talk to you. Sounds good for Dave Sherpin. I'm Matt Peralta. We're back tomorrow here for the Boston University of the book.